0: Before we dive into Megan's episode, because it is such a gem, I have to wish a special happy birthday to the Daily Hype Podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You guys, we have been doing this podcast for a year, which blows my mind because I still can't believe that we have 75,000 listeners of this podcast. It is absolutely shocking to me, but I love every single one of you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you'd love to do us a birthday favor, make sure that you're leaving a review on Apple. We're at 90 reviews at the time I'm recording this, and you have no idea how badly I want that to be 100. So if you want to wish us a happy birthday, go to Apple. Tell your friends to go to Apple. Give it a review. To see those extra 10 reviews would literally make my entire day. Thank you guys so much for being here. When we started, it was just inspirational episodes. I knew that I wanted four sections to this podcast. The fourth one's coming soon. The second, uh, the second section that we launched was the business episodes, which you guys are loving and so am I. The third one was really funny because nobody wanted an hour-long podcast. I kept saying do you guys want an hour? Do you guys want 45 minutes? Would you listen to an hour? And it was like, no, 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 no. What's funny is that these stories episodes are getting like double the listens of everything else. So I'm so happy that you guys are loving these as well. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave a review. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for celebrating with us this this lovely Friday if you're listening live. And thank you for being such a great supporter of me and of the podcast and of Sam, my podcast producer, who I could not at all have done this without. Thank you so much, Sam. And thank you guys for listening. Wow, guys, I'm so excited for today's episode. Today we have Megan Leininger on the podcast, who is someone that I've known for years. She and I were friends in New York. We have mutual friends. And the fact that I've seen her change and evolve so much into herself over the past gosh, almost decade, has been really incredible. Not only is her story kind of wild, but she also has some really cool accolades behind her. She's an award-winning choreographer who turned into a fitness and nutrition expert. And what she's kind of trying to do is make sure that we are deconstructing these ideas of diet culture and looking at the way that we view food and our bodies completely differently. Every time I talk to her, I walk away with a completely different perception of body image and self-love and just her energy. You're going to see like her aura is warm and it's comforting and she's a nurturing amazing soul i'm really excited for you guys to get to know her so tune in let me know how you feel let me know how you love her because i know that i love her too give her a follow and uh enjoy the episode welcome back to the daily hype podcast i'm your host ashley pollard and every week i am bringing you five episodes to help you up level your life grow your business, if that's for you, and see the world a little bit differently. We are so happy to have you here, so let's get this started, shall we? So I've got Meg. I call you Meg because I've known you for a long time, but I've got Megan Leininger here. And Meg and I just introduced you, but do you want to introduce yourself to the Daily Hype crowd?
1: Yeah, Hype Daily Hype crowd. Um, About me, let's see. I am... The, the label I, I wear, the role I play, is holistic health coach and personal trainer. Um, it's funny being in this space because formerly I was a professional dancer and choreographer, so people know me in in different realms, playing different roles, but this is uh, who I am in this season. Um, and I, I really feel like this is what I was meant to do all along. I feel so fulfilled and... Um, I still so miss dance, but this is, uh, this is my calling, if you will. So, yeah. so
0: how did you migrate over from dance into fitness then? It sounds to me like it would be a natural evolution, but I also know you for, I've known you for a long time. Well, let's actually I know. dive in there. I met you, how many years ago did we meet? 2013, maybe?
1: I want to say ago? that feels and sounds about right.
0: That's when I worked at I, I feel
1: like I was a baby. You were certainly a baby. Yeah, I was definitely um, a baby. So, I, you know, being in New York City, it's like, even though I had a few years under my belt, it's still like, does anyone really know what they're doing? Right. So I was right. I was a complete shit show, and like wearing that title proudly. Jesus. Um, but you,
0: you were like so cool to me because I was like the young one who like didn't have any money and didn't like know what she was doing and you had like lived in new york for a long time and you had this like really cool apartment and like this gorgeous outdoor patio and like a lot of space and i was like who the fuck is she (laughs) like she's (laughs) so cool and she's just like so herself, and she's always inviting us over to wine night. And she acted like she was like our mom and wanted to make sure we always got home safe, like taking That's care such of us. A
1: mama bear, God,
0: That's a mama bear, God,
1: such a mama bear. In like every facet of my life, it's who I am. Which is mm. funny because at 36, I have no children, but I have four cats.
0: <laughs> well, and you take care of so many. So exactly, yeah.
1: exactly, and that was always. Like as a, a dance teacher, that was always like the long-running joke. Everyone was like, "Oh, when you are," between me and the, you know the other women that I taught with, the question was always, "When are you having kids?" And it's like, "Hi, I have, I so have many. dozens. Yeah, I have dozens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, professional dancer and choreographer. I went to school for dance. I got my BFA in dance. Um, I was did there a kind of dance a-
0: that you specialized in?
1: The love of my life was is and always will be contemporary yeah I always say um you know being that I got my BFA in dance it was deeply rooted in ballet and and modern dance and there's a lot of musical theater influence I feel like all of my friends kind of gravitated towards that Mm -hmm. and after my first year in New York going to like so many cattle call auditions I was like I'm not happy like this doesn't resonate and I I kind of think i hate musical theater um mm. I, I remember my very first contemporary dance class i left like oh my god i'm home i i didn't have access <sighs> to that in missouri like that just totally. wasn't, wasn't a thing um what
0: kind of dance is contemporary is there a way that you can describe it in an audio setting where it's like what would it feel or look like what's the difference
1: so People, if you've heard of lyrical dancing, lyrical very much comes from ballet. You have to have impeccable technique to be a lyrical dancer.
0: Yeah. Um, I used so to a be of, a right, lyrical dancer and it was basically ballet classes.
1: Yeah. it's that, that shit ain't easy. And none of it's easy per se, but with contemporary, I always uh, kind of chalk it up to, you have to learn the rules so that you, you can break, break them. Yeah. That's so you can break them. So, so valid. Not, yeah you know, you can definitely tell the difference between a contemporary dancer that has technique and doesn't. Um, but I'm a storyteller and I'm an Enneagram four and I'm deeply emotional. You and I are polar opposites. So that just feels right. Like I always say, like, I feel I feel it in my bones. And when people ask me like, why do you love dance so much? Um, I didn't realize this until I was older, but I, when I hear music, I like who do I love? Like I love Dermot Kennedy. I love James Vincent Mm. McMorrow. I love um, Ben Howard. Like I I could go on and on. So there's like certain like musicians that when I hear their music, it just resonates so deeply. I can't sing it, and I I don't play an instrument. So dance is the closest thing I can get to that music. Sure. Um, And as like it's different being a dancer and a choreographer because they're completely different avenues. Uh it's not mixed. And skill sets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Being a dancer does not automatically make you a great choreographer and vice versa. There -hmm. are some brilliant choreographers who they aren't the, the best and most technical dancers. I I never felt like I was the most technical, you know, technically proficient dancer. There I had a lot of strengths and I had a lot of weaknesses. Um but when it comes to choreography, I'm a storyteller. I love to make a you know a visual spectacle of the human experience and mm-hmm. kind of make people just sit in their chairs like what the hell did I just see so that that's so cool yeah that was the most fulfilling for me that's what I'm really really missing
0: yeah and do you still dance
1: I I took two years off and mm-hmm. the reason I took two years off was that it's all I've ever known um I came out of the womb, basically dancing. I started, you know, officially taking dance classes around three or four years old. Um, yeah. But being in it for so long and doing it. I mean, at, at that point in New York, I was, I was dancing every day. I was in the studio for, you know, upwards of s- six hours a day, um, yeah. constantly creating. And it, as dancers, we say, like, it's our first love, it's our first marriage, we marry it. But, mm-hmm. like any marriage, sometimes you have to take space in order to keep that love alive. Wow. Um, so when yeah. I moved, when I left New York and I moved to Kansas City, I knew that it was time for me to kind of take a break and re and you know, re fall in love with it. And I knew it was going to call me back, like, I had no doubt, I, I knew right. my time was not done. Um, so, I actually since the new year i knew that like part of my vision for 2021 was getting back to dance it, i could just it was just calling me and i you know when your family and friends look at you and they're like you you need to go dance you know like they can tell like you're a little off and like yeah it's time so i went you're to like, one hey, you're class. right you're right you're right yeah i went to one class uh in january and i i know i need to go back um My time will come, but like, you know, as a business owner, it's like, you're, you get like, you have to focus and you have to do the thing. So it's, I have to figure out how this is going to fit back in, but hell yeah, I have like, I'm never going to stop dancing. You should see my kitchen dancing. It's, it gets intense. I was going to
0: say I can, okay. So I have a dance background, not definitely anywhere near
1: yours where I was
0: competitively dancing. I danced for years. I even danced in college and I minored in it. And so, um, I love dance also. And I feel like, I don't know about you, like do you always choreograph in the shower? Yes. Isn't that so funny? I would do the same thing because I was captain of the dance team when I was in high school. And so I was like, always (laughs) (laughs) like, I know. So I was always in the shower, like coming, I would just stay in the shower for hours because I was like, this is where I can like create a dance. Like, this is where I think about dancing and like where I come up with the best stuff. And so then I like find myself still to this day like in the kitchen when a song comes on and I'm like "Ooh, this would be a good place for like a boom chick mm-hmm. boom or you know what I mean like
1: it's so funny I my favorite place to choreograph is the car though
0: is it okay well I don't drive so you have that you have it that up on me mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's a good place too mm-hmm. I feel like those monotonous tasks you know mm-hmm. they always say is where you're it's easy to get creative when you're just kind of like doing something where it's like uh you know, yep. so I guess it does make sense that it would be the car in the shower. That's so funny. Or, and
1: person to the commute like that, that commute to Long Island to go teach. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing is, I haven't danced in so long. Ooh, excuse me that. I haven't I haven't danced like dance dance, obviously, since like college. And I took some classes at Albany just to like keep it up and I mean, my technical capabilities were shot. <laughs> like, I was like, how could I do six fuentes into a double and then land and go directly into like some, you know what I mean? Like, and the next combination. And then I would, I was like, I'm gonna get back into ballet. I'm gonna get back into dance. So I like go to this class at Alvin Ailey and I was just sobbing afterwards because I was like who the fuck do you think you are taking classes again when your technique is so off and it was so traumatizing. And so I haven't even like really danced that much, but I've been like playing a lot with it on Obey. Do you have, do you have, have you heard of Obey, that fitness app? So no. it's, o, it's OBE and I love it. They have like really good eight minute workouts, 10 minute workouts, all the way up to like an hour, 90 minutes. Um, they also have a live schedule so you can like tune in and do live classes. But they have everything from like Pilates, yoga, strength, core, like they have all these really great workouts on there, but they have dance classes and like fun choreography and things like that. And so it's like, I'll I'll do it because I'm at home and no one's watching and I can look like an idiot. But it was a fucking ego blow, man, to be like, oh, I practiced dance. Mm-hmm. Like there you lose it if you don't practice.
1: I get it. That class I took in January, I took like one of my dear friends. We went to college together. He also lived in New York, moved back to KC a few years ago. I took his lyrical class and he was always, his name's Topher. He's brilliant. He was always like, you know, a little technique bunny, so talented. So taking his lyrical class was humbling as fuck. I was -hmm. like, wow, I've lost everything. Like I,
0: everything.
1: And I, he like, he, you know, in, dance class culture you video at the end of class like obviously you want to document what just happened which is funny being my age because we talk about like the days when we didn't have access access to that and people like actually had to just remember the dance yeah um so I see this video of myself dancing and my girlfriend's like oh my god it's brilliant I love it it's wonderful like you're amazing and I'm like oh my god
0: you're like, uh have do you see my foot? Do you see that angle? Like, do you understand that I was a half count late? Like it's,
1: oh, it's I, <laughs> I just it. think I watch myself play it so safe. Like that's mm. like I mean technique really it's it ain't no joke. Like anyone who's obsessed with like world of dance or say so you think you dance and you see these uber talented humans Please know that that is not easy. What they're doing is insanely difficult, especially like the young Especially
0: ones if that- it looks really graceful. Oh, God. If it looks like someone is just gliding across something. No, 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 no. It took her six years to do it that well. Yeah. Insane. It's, yeah. It's funny because, you know, I want it to be something where it's like, well, I've made this recipe before, so I can make this recipe again. No, no. Your body don't move like that, Ashley. It doesn't move like that anymore. You got to relearn how to move that way.
1: And low key. That's why I always love contemporary because you can hide so
0: much. Totally. And like those blemishes are kind of like nice. You know what I mean? Like you can flex your foot and you can.
1: Oh yeah. Flex feet all over. And it's like, oh, I fell out of this turn. Let me make it into a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And left. yeah. Yeah. Right, right.
0: I'm just going to like scoop and...
1: We're just it's <laughs> so funny, God! It brings back so many memories.
0: I know. I I mean, it's it feels like another lifetime, honestly. When you would like go to the studio in your, uh, you know, your outfit. Maybe you've got you. We had to wear, you know, the leotard, and then we had like the leg warmers. We sat outside the glass, watching the other class, and then they would leave, and you would go in. You do your stretch, and like. My God, it's like such a completely different life. Yep. It's so fun. So you danced for so long and then, but now you're in fitness. So it's like there had to have been some sort of shift. So what did that look like? What prompted that?
1: So there is a big transition in my life at 30 years old where like you knew me as one person where I, you know, I had that beautiful apartment in Queens and I had a a life that is vastly different than it is now um and at 30 years old I had to start over so I actually I moved at that point I'd been in New York for seven years yeah seven years because I moved there when I was 23 um I had never lived in the city I'd always been in Queens always always different like I started in Astoria I ended up in, in Regal Park but I made the choice like fuck it if I have to literally start my life over at 30 years old I'm going big. So I moved to the city. Um, and I like up to that point, like I worked out, but I, I was a class bunny. So I was obsessed with going to spin class or like, um, I was a New York, New York sports club girl. So I would do, you know, like total body classes. You wouldn't catch me dead on the actual gym floor because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and what, you know, I don't want people to know that I don't know what I'm doing which was like the story of my life in New York like literally from day one trying to like swipe my subway card I'm like everyone knows that I have no clue what I'm doing yeah yeah so, yeah <clears throat> moving to the city I uh I find like my new New York sports club there and what am I doing taking a class and one of the trainers his name is Andy like we are still super close um he became my family he pulled me out of class and he was like girl you're an athlete what the hell are you doing in there and I'm like, oh, mm, mm, mm. like you know, I don't know. Um, so he became my trainer. I was like, okay, like uh, I, I, I want to do this for myself. So I started training with him, and he completely changed the trajectory of my life.
0: Wow!
1: And I, oh my God, he changed my life in every capacity. I wow, mean, like that's I was bold statement. A, yeah, I was kind of on a trajectory of like I was I, I was already kind of rock bottom but I was on my way to like dig in even deeper um so he when I say he changed my life he's he changed my life wow. and I would not be who I am today if it, if it weren't for him and he knows that like I've I you know praise him everywhere I go um but working with him I, I think it was like two years into me training with him i yeah it must have been like 22 23 or excuse me 32 33 um i there's an audition for dance body nyc oh, very cool company and my friend ashley was like she was already a trainer for them and she was like you need to come audition mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's dance cardio but not like you think it's very cool company owned by Katya price. Um, so I auditioned for them and I, I got it like, Holy shit. I was hired as an apprentice. Now I think at that time there were, um, I want to say there was, I'm going to throw out a number, at least six, maybe nine apprentices that like they took on, but that doesn't mean you're hired. We Mm -hmm. went through three months of training and grooming before our final audition and when it was all said and done i was one of uh two girls that got hired my god trainer i was like shook shook beyond shook it was so exciting because it was like totally outside of my wheelhouse like yes i'm a dancer Mm -hmm. and like cool. i was learning how to like you know be a fit person whatever that means but i i just i didn't i don't know i'd never like Gotten something like that. It was just so out there. But I remember saying to Andy, I was like, I feel like I'm cheating on dance. And mm. he was like, No, Megs. He called me Pegs, actually. I get a lot of nick- nicknames. I called him Pandy. He called me Pegs. So he's like, No, Pegs. He was like, It's all in this, under the same umbrella. Like they all fit together. Yeah. Um, he's Movement. Like, you're gonna really, yeah, you're going to really start to see that. And up to this point, I feel like every dancer I knew in the city was doing the, like, side hustle of, like, bartending, waitress, Mm -hmm. you know, host, like, that bit, and it wasn't until about this time that we kind of all, it was, like, a a collective thing that people started, like, oh, I could be a fitness trainer, I could do this, and now it's, like, half the people you see on Peloton, people don't know this, are dancers. Hi, like, we all, like, migrated into these other spaces, Mm -hmm. Um, so... He did like him kind of affirming that and validating that just really opened it up for me. Um, so I actually, I trained with uh, for dance body. My career was very short lived because I tore my plantar fascia, which is, if you know what that is I'm sure you can kind of feel my pain if you don't know what that is it is extremely painful so like the band of my foot on the bottom literally tore Oh. I'm not a class mind you like I am literally five six seven eight doing this choreography I had to finish the class and pretend like it didn't happen <laughs> and like I drug myself home so it basically ended my career my- how did
0: you finish that class
1: um, basically on one foot and faking it were you big, like
0: big were you like on. oh something happened and I'm just gonna be in a little bit of pain or were you like oh I no. fucked myself up
1: uh, no I kind of like gave off like hey I'm not gonna be dancing you know as full out as I normally would because that was like our thing as trainers like we're not just gonna stand here and tell you what we're do like we're gonna we're gonna go hard with you like hmm and the cool thing about Dance Body was that it was choreography. So people who attended these classes regularly, they knew these dances. Like that was the point. It's not like, oh, follow along. It's like, no, we are dancing. So I, I finished it the best that I could and gave really big arms. There was a lot of big arms that happened and just not as much jumping. Mm -hmm. Um, But upon like you know, I had to obviously tend to that. And I, I was booted and I couldn't walk. I was on crutches for three months. It was, it was a pretty uh, intense time, but I knowing my doctor gave me basically an ultimatum. He said, either you go back to that and like risk kind of losing your ability altogether Mm -hmm. or you find another avenue. And I knew that at that point I'm like real dancing. was way more important for me. Uh, so I, I ended my time with Dance Body and I knew at that point, I was like, okay, I wanna be, um, I know I want to get certified to be a personal trainer. It was around that time that I also, I heard of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which was the nutrition school I had gone to. So kind of like weighing my options of how I wanted to approach it all, um, I decided, well, I can get my personal training certification faster. I'll talk, tackle, uh, nutrition school after. So that's exactly what I did. So it became a trainer and even funny, like Andy and I, we worked together even as I got certified. Like I, if we were in the same state, I'd still have him as my trainer. I'm a trainer Aww. who loves a trainer. Yeah. So, uh, I became a NASM certified personal trainer, but I tell you what, Andy taught me more about, you know, being a trainer and being a coach and, uh, being like a behavior specialist far more than any textbook. Wow. So
0: it's not so funny about people. I feel like that happens all the time where it's like, I've actually learned more from my experience with this person than school or than a class or whatever it could be, because you have the human dynamic to it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: so you're back in Kansas city at that moment and you or had you, you hadn't moved back yet?
1: No, I hadn't moved back yet. Um, It was a little bit after I started training that, that I became a trainer. And mind you, I'm still, I'm still like teaching dance and working full-time for my dance studio. So I'm doing both things. Like personal training was my side hustle. Um, Something like just clicked for me. Like I, I was moving and grooving every day and I was doing the New York hustle and I was, you know, really starting to kind of get into uh, the spiritual side of life and kind of like doing the deep work. And and I realized like, I'm not happy. Like something is amiss and I'm I'm doing all these things, but something's just not right. Um, So I was actually uh, on a trip home to visit my family, family that I told myself, I said, you're not working out. You're really not going to do anything. You're just going to be with your family and soak it up. And I think I even told myself, like, no social media, like, just be present. And I committed to it. And it was in that slowing down that I cut out the bullshit. I cut out the distractions that it was just crystal clear to me. It was, it was that, that quiet knowing, right? So that's true Mm -hmm. intuition. It's like, what is intuition? It's not that fear-based, like gut instinct. It's that quiet knowing. And it was totally just so evident and i looked at my mom and i said i'm like out of nowhere i was like i'm moving home she was like okay like non-reactive she was like are you sure and i was like yeah i'm done so mm-hmm. um made the you choice you knew, that was in knew
0: your- it in your bones oh, and
1: well, i your four knew. i just yep uh so i moved home that august um and i started nutrition school in september so i've mm-hmm. been kind of and what year was that uh 2018 okay. I moved almost 12 years to the day I moved wow like, oh, yeah, I'm, I was one day over my 12 year mark and that insane how it just comes full circle like that
0: yeah it's pretty wild like yeah yeah I mean 12 years is so long I was there for 10 years and I'm like how, how was I was there that long sorry I keep yawning um That's- But, you know, I'm not bored. I promise. I feel like if anything, I'm like cozy listening to like my mama bear friend. Um, (laughs) And so you've been in the personal training and fitness space and nutrition and, you know, something that I think is really inspiring about you. And the reason that I wanted you on the podcast is because you're not someone who's like, cut your calories to 1200 and work out four days a week and get on the treadmill and run your ass off and You know, I see a lot of my friends, a lot of people in my circle who are very much like run every day and swap out your meals for shakes and, um, you know, don't eat any grains ever. And I'm just like, okay, I guess that's how you do things, right? Maybe to each their own. I don't ever follow a diet because I am just like a different person after that near-death experience car accident where I'm like that could have been the last day that I ate cheese so like I'm gonna have cheese today (laughs) that's just like how I live my life um so I don't really necessarily care how I look I don't necessarily really care what I what people think of me or if my body is acceptable to them because I'm a woman and a woman and is a goddess and I can bear life and like you can't so go fuck yourself. My point here is that you can, Meg. I'm just saying like a lot of men like to tell women how they're supposed to look, so that was for them. And I'm like, no, 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 I can wear a bikini and also have a bread roll with butter. Thank you. um mm-hmm. So I like your approach because when you started to talk to me about nutrition and fitness, I was like, here we go again, you know, with the whole spiel about, you know, what you, you can't eat this or this is a keto diet or, you know, make sure you're doing this or don't do this, but do this, but don't do this, but do this and work out every day and work out for three hours every morning. It's like, oh my God. And your approach was literally the total opposite. It's like, eat what you want and work out. Intuitively. Like you're very much about having an intuitive experience with your body that is truly in your words, sometimes, like and not not perfectly in your words. I don't want to be misconstruing anything, but like a spiritual practice. And so tell us a little bit more about that journey. Like, were you taught about diet culture and then you went the other way? Or is that not necessarily what you were taught? Is that not how it works at all? And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, or like I'm just curious, like how you got to a place where you were like, I'm so sick of these tropes. I'm so sick of these like stories that women tell themselves or that we tell ourselves about food, about relationships with your body, about, you know, being so divinely present in your humanity and in your soul that you're fueling yourself with different scientific methods as in like the food you're consuming, but you're not depriving yourself from all these opportunities that are also in front of you. Like, how did you get
1: there? um being being a huge product of diet culture uh being oh. that little girl that as soon as i realized i had a body i was taught to hate my body and mm. i hate to say it, but that's pretty much all of us as soon as we realize we have a body we are conditioned to hate our bodies right um
0: i remember like, being 12 and doing a hundred sit-ups in my room every night before i went to bed like right. not my, well
1: like, my favorite memory is being eight years old and being, you know, pulled in front of the gymnastics class, being told that my thighs touch and thighs are not supposed to touch. Like I was fucked. And I didn't realize that one was like buried in there literally until I was like 31 years old. And that came up, like that memory came up. I'm like, oh my God. I'm a grown-ass human like carrying this this memory around like this is leading me oh shit we got to like unpack this one. Yeah, I've been and told
0: I- you a woman should always have three diamonds. Have you heard mm-hmm. this one? I
1: have not.
0: Where you put your ankles together and you put your knees together so like your legs are really truly fully touching yeah. and if you push them backwards, you should have a diamond in your thighs and a diamond right below your knees and a diamond by your ankles of space. And bitch got thighs over here okay so i used to do that and i would be like oh thank god i still have a diamond up there and then it was like i became a person who is 21 in college drinking and that diamond went away and i was like oh my god i have to do everything to get that diamond back but this like space between my thighs and thank god i've shaken that off i don't give up take all three for all i care i don't really care (laughs) you know what i mean but like wow how terrible is that
1: yeah absolutely so it i i went through a lot of extremes in my life i'm really good at going to extremes um Mm. so i i mean from a very young age i developed an eating disorder and i feel like i've if there is an eating disorder to be had i've like gone through it um and so this started around like 12 years old and i i my perspective is that you never like fully heal from it it's always Mm -hmm. going to kind of live inside you um but you you know how to tend to your own demons if you will you know how to um really change patterns and change uh thoughts and beliefs and and it's it's work but it's so worth it like every woman who even silently struggles deserves to be free from that Um so I would say when I was in my twenties when you met me, I was actually a huge shit show, like ultimate shit show. Wow,
0: that's so funny. I like looked up to you so much. Oh my god.
1: So I don't
0: even know. But
1: I think back to that time, um, I thought I ate pretty healthy. Um I drank a lot, a whole lot, like a Mm whole, whole lot. At the time, I didn't think it was a lot, but in hindsight, I'm like, oh damn. But that's again, we could go down that rabbit hole of like societal conditioning and what people do, and you know, it just becomes like socially normal and acceptable, and almost weird if you don't. Um, totally. So that's when I say like Andy changed my life. Like he changed my life. Like he he saved me from myself, and I didn't even, I was just doing what I was conditioned to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better um sure sure so in training with him like I stopped drinking and like really looked at my relationship with alcohol and I have a a very healthy relationship with it now um but he he started okay so I told you I'm good at extremes he was like here him not knowing my, my background he was like eat this don't eat this love you but kind of wrong approach with a person like me so Mm -hmm. I did this because you're like
0: I went really hard
1: oh I like I went real hard like I can do this and I'm gonna do the best um so for like three months I did this like very strict way of eating and I really didn't have to change much from what I was already doing like I was already so restrictive and I had all these like fucked up food beliefs Mm -hmm. um but I remember my my best friend, actually, she was getting ready for her wedding and she was like, have you heard about macro counting? And I'm like, no, I don't know what that is. So she kind of introduced me and I did a, a ton of research on it. And I was like, okay, I could give this a go. And I will right. never forget the very first day that I like, okay, I have my fitness pal. Okay. I have a food sc- scale. Let me do the thing. So I went about my day as normal. And I had, I don't remember what my first like set of macros were, but I was like, Oh my God, I'm barely eating a thousand calories a day. I was like, but you don't know what you can't see. You do not know what you cannot see. Totally. Uh,
0: I mean, I would do, I have done my fitness pal a few times and I know that some people really hate it and I definitely can see how it can be used poorly, Mm. like so badly. And for me, (laughs) I'm, I was grateful the time that I did use it because I didn't know anything about food, and I was eating way past what I probably should. Like I was like, "Oh, a glass of wine might be like 50 calories." I don't, I don't know why I would have thought that. And so then I'm like, "Wait, how am I having 3,500 calories in a day?" Oh, it's because I have four glasses of wine every night, and <laughs> three glasses of wine every night. Oh, because I ate this, this, and this. And so I got to learn about food a little bit better that way. But then I started to notice, okay, well, if I just skip out if I have half of a roll instead of a full roll and it's like come on don't let's not do that you know what I mean it it, it like comes into a place where you're like that's not that's not a good look that's not a
1: good vibe yeah I I mean people have so many again with just macro tracking alone people have so many beliefs about it so I one of my favorite things is to like dismantle it because the thing about the beliefs is like any belief
0: she's on one guys
1: (laughs) A belief is neither true nor false, but it does produce an outcome. So if you believe it and it serves you, fuck yeah. If you believe it and it's causing you suffering, let's unpack that one. Right, it's right. true or false. But um, I
0: think it's also important to know that like, just because you have maybe a good relationship with it or it's not necessarily serving you in a poor way, know that it could. And uh-huh. be cognizant if that pendulum swings because yep. i have a couple friends who are very anti against the my fitness pal app and if it weren't for them talking so openly about how negative it is i don't think i would have caught myself i don't think that i would have had the opportunity or the ability to be like we're easing into inappropriate mm-hmm. we're easing into unhealthy um yeah. so i think it, it is still good to understand that the macro tracking can dip into the unhealthy very easily you know
1: oh yes we don't live and die for for numbers we don't Mm -hmm. we absolutely don't my favorite like to jump ahead like my favorite thing about the work that i do is is, like teaching people teaching humans about the foundations of nutrition like 90 percent of women y'all are under eating sorry. Undereating. Yeah. You're so under eating. You're so under fueling yourself. No wonder you feel like shit. So showing them like, Hey, cool. This is like, this is how much you, you could eat to feel a hell of a lot better and to actually have the energy to get through your day and then to do the things that like matter to you. And so your workouts don't suck, whatever. Um, but I love the idea also of, of bringing the intuitive approach in because the number one thing that, I think women particularly struggle with, with food is like, number one, like unfucking yourself and weeding through all this diet culture bullshit. Like, and then you're left going, I don't, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself and I don't trust food. So we have to, that's, that's the place that we need to really, really kind of look at and, and rewire Mm because you are not the problem and food isn't the problem. It's all the bullshit that got in the way. So we need to fix this relationship so that you no longer have to obsess about it. Right. Um, But for me, like back to where we were, like going from, you know, severely under eating to, okay, now I know how to fuel myself. I'm going to be real transparent. When the wellness world opened up to me and I, like I mean, social media, like it'll do this. So I know that there's others who, who sit. This, this it's gonna resonate. There's so many influencers, and especially like in my space, like the health coaching world and the wellness world, and um, you know, even nutritionists and dietitians. Everyone is opinionated. Everyone has very strong opinions, and everyone, you know, starts pushing different supplements, supplements and products, and superfoods and this, that, and the other. So again, you're still getting fed like shit. There's all this stuff coming in. And where is that getting placed? I walked myself right into this cute little thing called orthorexia, where now food was like, it was a terror. Like, I, That's
0: stressful. what am I allowed to eat?
1: Like, you know, that fear of like, what am I going to eat? And I could only feel safe eating certain things because this is going to make me sick. Now it's moved from aesthetics from like, well, if I eat this, I'm, I'm, it's gonna affect the way that I look. To this is actually going to make me sick, and start you know going down that rabbit hole and, and wearing that belief. And okay, fuck, now I've gone too far, right? We have to have that self awareness and unpacking that one and seeing how much that affected me. It's fine when you're in your safe little bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Of like I'm only here doing my routine, but God forbid I get out of my routine. I can't mm-hmm. function in society. I can't function in culture. I can't function with my friends and my What family. do you order on
0: a menu? What exactly. do you do when somebody makes macaroni and cheese at your birthday?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. What happens
0: if someone makes you a cake? Yep. Brings you donuts.
1: Here's what's going to happen. You're either going to be so overwhelmed with anxiety that you cannot function. Or you're not going to have an on. Like we think we can like say no forever. And it's like you open the portal and that's where binge eating comes in. Then you're like, you you don't know how to say no. Um, So when I say I've been through it all, I've been through it all and realizing like, okay, I'm not the problem. Food is not the problem. Restriction and beliefs are the problem. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the like little adage that we throw around on social media. There's a quote. I don't know if you've seen it, that um, a piece of chocolate cake will do way less harm than like stressing about the piece of chocolate cake. Totally did it backwards. It's stressing about the piece of chocolate cake will do way more harm to your health than the piece of chocolate cake. But it's that it's.
0: The stress will hurt your body. It
1: is. Stress is like the, it's the ultimate and it will completely overhaul your system. And it doesn't matter how good you're being. That's going to be the problem. Um, That's the root of it all. So I, I do believe in the foundations of nutrition and I love teaching to you know, people to actually eat well and make conscious choices. But in my older age and being in this space for, you know, for as long as I have and like, and sifting through my own bullshit and being honest about it, it's like, no, like I don't have to pretend to be this like perfect beacon of like health. I'm not trying to be an Instagram influencer, but I am here to tell you like, hey, food is culture like food is family food is meant to be enjoyed eat like you give a shit Mm because you it is about longevity like what you do now is going to affect how you feel when you're 70 years old when you're 80 years old and I hope that you want to have a long life and live you know to your 90s or even be a centennial but I don't I think that if you're putting yourself so deep in a box that you lose your sense of self and you lose your happiness and you lose your connection to other because you're living so restrictive. Um that's not the answer. It's really mm-hmm. not.
0: You know, on top of that, it's also like what are imposed beliefs that are placed on you that you feel like you have to adopt and something that I always come back to. I'm a size eight, 150, 5'4, definitely could get down to 135 and be like quote unquote healthy ish. Right. But I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I don't care that I have like a tummy and thighs and, you know, a little bit of roly poliness in some places. Couldn't care less. I don't fucking care. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect all the time where like, you know, being single, sometimes you think like, well, I wonder if my body could have been different. And I always come back to people cheated on some of the most beautiful women on the world in the world. My body isn't going to make someone love me or make someone stay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is every time I'm like, I need to go work out every day, da da da, I'm actually now in a place where that does sound, where that is something I'm doing because it's, it's a good way to, for me to like jumpstart. I want my body to be functioning properly. There's things I want to do, and my body needs to support me in that. I want to make sure I don't get sick. I don't want to take care of my illness. I want to take care of my wellness, right? So, there is a part of me where I am enjoying getting back into strength training. I am enjoying getting back into, you know, even like 15, 20 minutes if I'm in, you know, oh, some sort of a workout, just movement in general. I call it movement more than I call it working out because I don't want to put that kind of stress on myself. But before I got into that routine again, I kept coming back to why do I want to work out? And if it is to change my relationship status, I'm not going to do it because that, it does, that's not for me. You know what I mean like then what happens if I work out and I get to that 120 and I'm a size four and and then I'm still single
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know like it's that
1: to get to that size and can you maintain that when you're still in the relationship probably not <laughs>
0: yeah and also like do I want to end up in a relationship and then have to wonder if my body was what did it you know um yeah. I don't I don't need a relationship so badly that I'm going to sit here and try to like remove food that I enjoy in order to acquire one, Mm -hmm. because God forbid anybody could like, but that also comes back to like a a fear that I think a lot of single women have in their thirties, which is like, am I always going to be alone? No, absolutely not. Right. And absolutely not. You're not going to be broke forever. Absolutely not. You're not going to be all of these things. Right. But when you're in that stage, it's hard to see things. A new way and so for me every time i would say am i doing this so that people think i'm hot or am i doing this so that a guy pays attention to me the answer is yes i'm not going to do it that's it done because i have to like do things for my myself at the end of the day right but the thing is is that i know that not everybody has that kind of feeling inside and so if there are women here who are wanting to lose weight right if there are women here who are listening who are wanting to have better habits, like what are some tangible habits that they can incorporate into their life? Just a few of them, even that are going to benefit them or something that they could just keep in mind, but are intuitive and aren't necessarily, you know, coming from a place of like drastic measures.
1: Yeah. Um, I love that's that. Let's put you on the
0: spot. Cause we didn't talk about that, no, but you know,
1: no, I'm here for it. Um, When it comes to like, who, like how I serve, like how I like help people, I, I like to say like, I'm not, I'm not anti-fat loss. I'm not anti like weight loss, if you will. Um, but I am anti-diet. So I don't buy into, um, like there, whether you know it or not, there's over a hundred different dietary theories and I don't subscribe to a single one of them. I don't prescribe a single one of them. I believe that food is totally bio-individual. So first things first, like get real fucking curious about what makes you feel good when it comes to food. It's really, people think nutrition is so complicated and it's really not. So it's, if you could add more fruits and vegetables in, if you could add more water in, like it start there. when it comes to nutrition in, in general, the biggest favor any human could possibly do is to first and foremost pay attention to blood sugar. If you master that, yeah. It's like the unsexy side that like you don't have never you, and- I know
0: nothing about blood sugar. So you know what's so funny? I literally thought about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so random. I was watching Succession and there was an episode where have you ever seen Succession? I
1: have not.
0: It's so good. Anyway, so the daughter it's like a it's like a Trump almost kind of family and there's a leader. It's not really, but it kind of is. And there's a, you know, a leader of this media conglomerate and he has these three kids who's going to take over the family business. Da, 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 right. And um, so his daughter says something like, "Do you need a granola bar? Like how's your blood sugar level?" And he goes, "Oh, I think I'm okay." It was like a totally normal conversation. They were like stuck in this room, so she was just like kindly asking him. And I was like, I don't know what blood sugar level feels like.
1: You do though. You just don't know it. Have you ever experienced being like hangry?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's blood sugar right there. So
0: oh.
1: the, like how you start your day, if you wake up and you have a rush morning and you're grabbing coffee on the way out and you didn't like think about breakfast and like now you're um, or even like you work from home, whatever you get going, you have Coffee. You jump on Zoom, and you don't think about food, and you're like, "Shit, I have ten minutes that I can grab something." So I grab like a granola bar, or uh, a donut, or um, a cut, uh, a muffin, whatever it is, like your convenient thing. Like that right there is where we need to pull, like pump the brakes, because how you start your day is going to set you up for how you feel. Well, better.
0: girl, you know I love a morning routine,
1: so. <laughs> So it's, it's very simple. Protein, fiber, fat, like in other words, protein, carbs, and fat, you have to have all three macros. And this is why like people think macros, they have a preconceived notion about what that is and what that means. It's just macronutrients and you eat them every single day. It is protein. It is carbohydrates. It is fat. So pull back, like all the bullshit that you think, you know, about macros, like you have to relearn or learn for the first time what these things are and how they actually mm-hmm. affect your health. Because when you have one of those keys missing, let's say you just throw down with a muffin and you know, a coffee, you got a lot of sugar going into the bloodstream. And I'm not here to say like sugar is the absolute devil. Like we actually burn sugar as human. It, it, it is what it is. We have to have carbs. We have to have sugar, but you spike your blood sugar up and then you come crashing and feel like shit. And then, you know, I, I don't know what happened. What, what went wrong. Right.
0: Yeah. I've been starting my day with a smoothie mm-hmm. that has Greek yogurt in it and a little bit of almond milk and frozen vegetables and a shit ton of like spinach or kale in it and a little bit of protein powder. Oh, and wow that has been so incredible because I, you know, me, like my life is wild and every 10 minutes are booked out. And so for me, I do my morning routine and I have that smoothie and that can like really last me for a minute where I'm not, cause I used to think a smoothie is like something you have as like a drink when you're in the mall and you like, go get like a, you know what I mean? Like some sort of thing. So when I started to see it as like, start having breakfast, Ashley, because I'm not a big breakfast person. And I know that that's like such a big no, no. I was like, well, this is something that I can do. I'm definitely not getting enough fruit into my diet at all. Like if ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to kind of like inject some fruits and vegetables, inject some protein into the whole routine, but it tides me over, helps me last throughout, you know, until lunch. Um, and it's not necessarily, I'm not trying to do it for a meal replacement. Like, that's totally not the point. It was because it was, it can't replace a meal that isn't there in the first place. Like I just wasn't eating breakfast and, you know, maybe I would have a banana or maybe I would have like some granola or something like a handful of it, but like, I wasn't eating food. Right. So it's just like, it's become a really fun part of the morning to kind of like play with and have. Something there, and I did, you know, a little bit of reading to see like what's going to be a good decision. And there was all these fucking articles about like don't put don't put fruit in your smoothie or it'll make you fat. And I was like, um no, I think they more so mean like don't pour sugar into your smoothie or that probably won't be great. Like don't put processed things. And I'm not overdoing the fruit, but that was something that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way.
1: Yeah, that's one of those like extreme beliefs. Like how it's it's fruit. How are you going to call it bad? We could go on about this one forever i mean the moral of the story is like like juicing like when you see people juicing and they're just like it's like i had you know three apples and a a papaya and a a pineapple and i threw some spinach in there like whatever um and they're just juicing like yeah that's a lot of sugar going into the bloodstream at once is is fruit bad for you no are smoothies you look at that well cool i'm getting the fiber and all of the phytochemicals and, you know, the vitamins and minerals and nutrients and antioxidants in there with it. Cause I'm not taking that away with the flesh. The caveat with like all of those things is number one, don't, don't like have it be a fruit smoothie. Like you did it right. right. You threw some veggies in there, you threw some protein. The next question would be, what's your source of fat? And the reason we want that is like, that's how we really do study the blood sugar. It's going to control how quickly those sugars go into the bloodstream so that you don't have that spike in that drop, but that right there, that one bit of goodness that you added into your day. And I know you just got your NutriBullet. I remember when you posted that on your story I was like, oh my god I am like ridiculously excited for you I love my neutral. Everybody
0: <laughs> lost their mind. I think that is one of my most responded to Instagram stories of all time. Everyone was like, I love my neutral it's my favorite investment I've ever made. I love my neutral I'm like damn okay, good
1: but it's gonna be interesting like I can't wait to hear how like even a month from now how that plays out into the rest of your day just like doing that one bit of goodness. Mm-hmm. Like how you're going to show up for yourself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, we've talked about it before. And so we're going to talk about it again, that like food isn't everything, but it changes everything. Mm. So it's well, like- And I used
0: to work out every morning. I went to flywheel and every morning I was working out. Right. And my thing was that I had, I loved it. I loved doing that. I loved being the one at the 6am class. I loved waking up at five o'clock in the morning and putting on my clothes and going to flywheel when it was black outside, you know, and um, because the rest of the day, you're thinking, am I really gonna eat seven donuts or four donuts? When I went to the gym, I'll have one. But like, am I really gonna go and have like a full night of drinking? And I don't want to say that I was like guilt tripping and honestly, like do those things whenever you want, obviously, but also like, It jumpstarts your day to be like, am I going to take care of myself today or what? You know,
1: alignment or is it not? That's really what you, you have this, this vision of who it is you want to be, but you have to align yourself to like, feel the emotions, think the thoughts, and then take the actions that that version of you would want. It's not going to happen out of nowhere. Um, Yeah. I
0: have a quote on the back of my phone that says, um, let me scroll to it visualize your highest self and start showing up as her
1: I love that Mm -hmm. I love that that's really what it is we could have an entire other conversation about that whole realm because it's just I'm so passionate about it but when it when it comes to exercise um it's the same thing it's like what the hell lights you up and wakes you up because if mm-hmm. you are like, it resonated so deeply for me when you're saying like, am I working out because I feel like I have to look a certain way in order to be in a relationship. It was the same thing for me. I have to, even to this day, I have to check myself. Am I going into this workout or am I halfway through this workout and I'm, sh- I'm stressed out, right? So I work out because it is stress management to me. I work out because it, it gives me energy for the rest of my day. I work out because it it shows me how strong i can be like my favorite thing about like weight training about strength training training about throwing around heavy weight because i didn't used to be this person i was lifting five pounds in my like total body class and yeah. now i'm doing like olympic lifting and i'm obsessed with it like truly mm-hmm. obsessed with it doing heavy weight lifting i feel like so there's still so many women who are just like ooh, that's not for me it will show you not how physically you sh- strong you are. It will show you day in and day out how mentally and emotionally strong you are. Like mm. the day that your workout gets so fucking tough that you're like, I can't do it. And you want to cry. And then you do it anyways. You will walk out of that gym or that, you know, training session, whatever it is, you'll walk out of your home workout and realize like you can do hard things outside yep. in real life with, you know, when there's people involved, You don't, you don't have to play the victim. You're not weak. Like you, you are a strong ass bad bitch and you get to show up as her. I love that, but I still have to check myself of like, fuck, I'm in a weird space. What is this? Oh yeah. I'm working out thinking I have to do this to change my body, but we're not playing that game anymore. So why are we really doing this? Yeah. So it's been a huge evolution in my, you know, in my movement just alone of, of why I do it and how I show up. And now in the past year, I've like fallen in love with CrossFit. And the mm-hmm. cool thing about CrossFit is there ain't no mirrors. So right. it really is just you in there, like throwing shit around. And what can I do? What cool new thing can I learn? It's mm-hmm. not about like, what do my thighs look like? Or how do I get my ass to, you know, get not up, a jiggle bit. or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm obsessed with everything that you're sharing and this is like hardly scratches the surface of all the stuff that you and I talk about on a daily basis about like being intuitive with your food and being intuitive with your body as a soul. Right. And connecting to yourself in a spiritual way through movement and through your nutritious choices and all of those different things. So I want to, I want to just say thank you for being here, but before we like wrap up, I have a personality quiz that I force everybody to take.
1: You told me I should be nervous, so now I'm nervous.
0: You should be nervous. Okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, It's three simple questions, okay? Okay. Three very simple questions. You might've even heard somebody do this before. Um, But it is, I wanna just get ready. Okay, what is your, first question is, what is your favorite animal on the planet? And it could be a pet that you had, or it could be like this wild, crazy thing that you heard about that lives in the bottom of the ocean, or it could be. I love going to the zoo and seeing this animal. Like, what? What's your favorite animal?
1: Cats. I'm such a cat That's... person. Hi. Aww. For now, I like I. I love the animals themselves, but I really am a cat. Like you have.
0: Okay, so hold on though. So yeah. the second part of every question. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be what's your favorite, and then three. Three descriptions, three descriptor words on why. So for instance, like you could say like regal or something. So like, what are three reasons, three things about cats that you love them?
1: Why do I love cats? I don't know if I can. Or like, what are, what
0: are, maybe not why do you love them? What are three characteristics that describe cats in a way of like, why, like, what are three characteristics you love about
1: cats? Um, I love that they're so they are finicky as shit. Like they, you know, it's like like touch me but not like that. Like come close, but ooh, you're too close. Like yeah. love me, but not that way. So yeah. they're exceptionally people are like, Oh, cats aren't needy. They're needy but on their own terms. Like yeah. you know. But
0: they're like they're like love me, but like I didn't want that though. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. But okay. like, kind of you're not close enough, but get the fuck away from me. Like, yeah. I, I love that about them. I think they're hilarious. Um,
0: okay, I, so then the second one.
1: I think that they're like wildly smart. When I watch my cats play, um, number one, I have one that does like kitty parkour, like literally jumps off the walls. <laughs> like, like their little personality. Kitty parkour. Like, yes, yeah, like, shit you not. He jumps off the walls. Um, and like how they create little games for themselves. They're so funny and so smart.
0: So smart. And do we want to say smart and playful or do you have a third?
1: We'll say smart and playful. Um,
0: Unless you have a third. you can, I don't want to take your descriptor. Okay.
1: We're just cozy and comforting.
0: Okay. And then the next one is the same kind of thing. Your favorite article of clothing. Now this could be something that you wear and it makes you feel like the prettiest person in the room it could be your favorite sweatshirt that you wear day in and day out every single day it could be something you don't necessarily wear but you have because it's like kind of special that you kept it sweatpants sweatpants
1: like cumbers- tell me why sweatpants please yep mm-hmm.
0: and why three reasons. three descripting terms i don't know how to talk about that three words that describe what you love about them
1: Cozy, mm-hmm. um, casual, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw the word free. Like I just feel you can wiggle better. They have pockets, w- you can, can
0: twirl, can twirl
1: them. I sweatpants. There you go. <laughs>
0: um, the last one is describe your favorite body of water. And this is not, I love the ocean. This is where are you standing when you're looking at the ocean? The ocean in Charleston is not the ocean in Florida it's not the ocean in California. So it could be a river. It could be a stream. It could be a lake. It could be, uh, you know, anything.
1: This is exceptionally difficult for me because I think in another life, I might've been a mermaid. So I'm exceptionally drawn to water. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with intuition and I'm going to throw out the word creek. You would think it'd be ocean. I even wanted to say swimming pool, but I love a, a good creek.
0: Yeah. A good back roads creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then is there one in particular that you can think of? Is there one that you've been to that you're like, it was so pretty there?
1: Um, I don't know precisely where I was, but I remember being 17, 18 years old, uh, sitting in on top of a giant boulder in the middle of a a creek in colorado okay you want to talk about a spiritual moment that like really that really did it for me
0: okay cute into this moment so this creek give me three words to describe it you could describe the water you could describe was it like fast was it slow was it you know illuminescent i don't fucking know
1: there's something about the movement that just feels like pure vitality. Okay. Um, water will always be peace to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, renewal.
0: But is that describing water or the creek itself?
1: Yeah, in that moment, yeah.
0: Okay, we'll see if this works. Okay. So, um, all right. So are you ready to hear what this means?
1: Yeah, maybe. You sure? I can't, I'm here for it. Go.
0: Okay. So when I asked you to pick an animal, you said cats and the animal that you choose is a reflection of how you view yourself. Mm-hmm. And you said, finicky, smart and playful, but also they're cozy.
1: <laughs> that fits. <laughs>
0: And then when I asked you to describe clothes, that is a representation of how you think others view you. And Mm -hmm. you said cozy, casual, and free. And then I asked you to describe a body of water. And you said creek. And that describes how you view sex. And you said vitality, renewal, and
1: peace. I stand by it. I totally. (laughs) I do. Shit, man. If you're having a a bad day, have a good orgasm. That is total renewal. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a good point.
0: That's a good point. Vitality, renewal, and it gives you peace. You're like, (laughs) I stand strong in my decision. Yes,
1: I do. I'm like, give me those good drugs.
0: Oh my God, Megan,
1: thank you so
0: much for doing this. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. People are going to want to work with you. They're going to want to say, can you get me on track? Can you help me make better nutritious decisions? Can you help me with my workouts? Do you personal train virtually? I know all of these questions are coming my way. So let's just talk about that really quick and then we'll skedaddle. Mm -hmm. How can we work with you?
1: Um, yes, all of the above. So I do one-on-one coaching. I will in the very near future be offering a group coaching program, but in terms of one-on-one coaching, I have, uh, several different avenues for how that can really fit, uh, what you need in this season. Um, and again, it's, it is not one size fits all. So if, if you think like, like I said, I don't prescribe, uh, you know, diets. I'm not, I, I'm here to, sh- to, I like to say, come home to yourself. I'm gonna introduce mm. you to you so that you can keep going back to you and leaning and trusting in yourself over and over again. Um, so yeah, I do one-on-one. Yes, I do train virtually. If there are any listeners in the Kansas City area, um, I train out of a, a really cool space here called Erin Fit. If you are into doing something in person, um Mm -hmm. or if you just want to shoot the shit like i i love connecting with humans so shoot her a dm
0: where can we where can we follow you
1: yeah it's all about the journey right
0: where can we follow you
1: oh um my uh handle is gracefully underscore megan
0: m-e-g-a-n
1: m-e-g-a-n yes
0: Well, Megan, thank you for being here. Thank you for being lovely. You inspire me all the time to just be more intuitively yourself and your work and to cut out the noise and to focus on what you believe and what you stand by and to do things ethically, but for yourself in a way that really nourishes instead of like feeds or satisfies, you know, it's really about nourishing. So I'm really excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Everybody, we love Megan. Give her a round of applause at home. (laughs) Megan, love you so much. Thank you for being here.
1: I love you too. Thank you.
0: And that's a wrap on the Daily Hype podcast for today. I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you come back for more. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for the reviews. That is so big for a podcast. And listen, if you're not reviewing, at least you're sharing this with your friends. You're telling me that you love this. You're putting this on Instagram. It means the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you next time.